It is February 6th, 2022, and my brain is fried today. What's going on, guys? This is the second edition of the MMA show. I am here with Mr. RBM Blade. Yes, folks. What? Certainly, certainly been a week, but we're back well, and better right. than ever. I'm here with Balak A. Eh? Oh, you, you can go to hell. <laughs> uh, I hope, you know what, in fact, I hope I go to hell just to hear you scream. You know what, I will see you there. I definitely, Mm -hmm. I know, I'll see you there too. (laughs) You chronic masturbator wanker. Anyway, let's move on here with some MMA talk. Uh, You pay pay a little bit of attention more than I do. I'm I'm a casual fan of the sport, I'll be honest. But I also do like to get into the expert fundamentals too. It's kind of interesting to me as I as I am learning off and on. Uh, so let's begin here. What do you got for us today? Well, first I think we should probably talk about what happened last night at UFC Fight Night: Hermanson versus Strickland. It was a pretty good card all around. We had a uh, Julian Eros uh, st- defeat Stephen Pearson. Julian Julian is now twenty seven and ten. Stephen Peterson is now nineteen and ten. Then you had a you had a you had two young prospects, uh, uh, Tracen Gore and uh, Brian Battle. Tracen uh, at his first defeat last night. He's now four and one, but Ryan Battle is now eight and one. Then you had a uh, smiling Sam Alvey get finished in the second round by way of submission. From Brendan Allen, he has now moved to 18 and 5. Sam Alvey is now 33, 7, 17, 1, and 1 no contest. Then you have the, uh, honestly, a pretty scary looking guy. I have no idea how to say his name. So, Shevkat Ekimov, as well as say, defeated Carlston Harris in round one, 4 minutes and 10 seconds. And now, Shevkat is now 15-0. He is undefeated. While Carlson Carlson Harris is now 17-5. In the co-main event, you had uh, Nick Maximov defeating Unalbi Serrano by decision. Nick Maximov is now 8-0. Then in the main event, you had Sean Strickland defeat Jack Hermanson by way of decision. Strickland is now twenty-five and three, and this I got a lot of flack online. You know, twit because Strickland he plays very defensively. After all, he has probably one of the best defenses in middleweight history ever. He's, I, last I checked, he was in the, like the top five of like a best pun, most punches deflected, avoided, and blocked. Oh. <clears throat> So, typically, that means he doesn't rush into action a lot and pretty much nullified what a lot of Jack Hermanson's offense. And, the, of course, if you just scroll through Twitter, you just see people going off like, oh, boring fight. But this is also the fifth straight win Sean Strickland has, and a lot of people are wondering what's next for him. Now, I would, I'd be curious to see what you think because... As we know, in the upcoming UFC 251 event, Israel Adesanya is having his rematch with Robert Whitaker. But further down the card, possibly the title eliminator, you have 
Eric Brunson and you have Derek Brunson and Jared Cannonier, possibly the title eliminator. So where does that leave Sean Strickland in your mind, Eric? Um, it's probably not going to help him get a bigger fight. He's probably going to have to prove himself to Dana White that uh, he can put on a good fight uh, to be main event status, right, on a, a pay-per-view. I would assume so, but what, what do you think but, is his next step? That's a good question. What was that? Um, is, it, is, he, is he ranked at all in the top 25? Yeah, he is. Where's he, he at? He is... Let's see. And I mean, the, by the way, the rankings haven't updated yet because they usually oof. they update on Tuesday. It's still Sunday, so he could very well be in the top five now. But as of right now, he is he is number seven. You know, because, but, because it was a split decision victory, um, I feel like they could probably go for a rematch because I'm reading a quote here. In his post-fight interview, he said, I was being a pansy. I should have stayed in the pocket and thrown like I did at the end. Maybe I let the pressure get to me. Again, sorry, I was fighting like a bitch out there. Sorry, lesson learned, won't happen again. So, I mean, is Dana White going to uh, forgive him? He also says here, I'm a company man. I'll fight who you put in front of me. But if he has the belt, I'll be very happy. So, it looks like he wants to go after the champion of his said division. I mean, who doesn't? I like to think his face shows the result. No offense, Jack. You're a killer, but it is what it is. So... Possibility for a rematch there, I'm not quite... I don't think Dana White would want to go in that direction. Instead, maybe someone like Paulo Costa. There was also talks of uh, Strickland fighting... Uh, fighting uh, what was his name? He was former former UFC uh, middleweight champion, Luke Rockhold. There was talks that he was going to be fighting Luke Rockhold before Luke Rockhold had to pull out of in, due to injury. So maybe you could see that him take on a former champion. Maybe that could help boost his stock. Maybe. Maybe someone like Paulo Costa, that would also be very good. Marvin Vittori would also be solid if he isn't if he isn't busy. Uh Sean Strickland, another quote. He also says, Without you guys, I'd probably be a piece of shit somewhere. Uh now I'm a piece of shit with money. So yeah, yeah Sean, Sean Strickland had a pretty tough upbringing, a notorious neo-Nazi when he was first <laughs> growing up. He's since changed his ways, but, you know, he's a pretty wild guy. If Because there's quotes out there. He said, he says, Stein, like, oh, yeah. Heil Hitler. Exactly, because there's quotes out there where he's like, uh, I don't mind the idea of killing. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <And then> Jack, <laughs> yeah, he said that, and then Jack Hermanson's like, Kind of just went okay, buddy. Duly noted. Yeah. All right, so we just discussed uh, Sean Strickland's possible future. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about going on in the UFC, Eric? Um, I guess I'm really excited for that Derek Lewis and the Ty Tuivasa fight, man. Yeah, that could that could all two those explosive guys personalities going together. It's going to be cool. And like, I mean by explosive, they're very humble, down to earth guys. So. Mm-hmm. They also, be, uh, they also like to joke around. Yeah, you know what I mean? Those are my kind of guys. So it's going to be, I don't even know who the hell I'm rooting for. I mean, I love Derek Lewis. I love guys who have stones for hands and fucking knock people out. But Tui Voss is just as good at that, too. So 
And he also uh, does that Australian, like, drink out of the shoe thing. It's a good Australian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do they call it again? Master. A shoey? A shoey, that's it, yeah. Fucking shoeys, dude. He, he, he's making shoeys go viral for the past, like, year. So. Yeah, sick bastard. Hey, well, hey, you know, whatever gets you famous, he'll do a shoey out of anybody's shoe. Fuck COVID. <laughs> Honestly, I'm rooting for Taitui Vasa in that situation. Just because I want to see him do a shoey. Of course, well, he, he, I think he does shoeys on the way out, don't he? Yeah, yeah. Also, he's he's the younger guy, you know. So I'd like to see, I'd like to see him go up against possibly Francis in the future. Although that's looking. Are, are you asking him to get killed? I mean, well, no, I'm asking to see some fireworks go off. Yeah, well, I don't think Tai Tuivasa is uh, good enough to beat Ngannou. He's good, but he's not great. I mean, yeah, but any man with two hands has a fighting chance. All That's right, Ellsworth. I, hey, speaking of which, I have to work with Ellsworth next month at PWX Steel City Showdown. So <laughs> he is the current heavyweight champ. Uh, a loose term for heavyweight, but he's a heavyweight champ at the moment. I also get to work with James Storm and Sam Adonis. You, you mean the cowboy James Storms from uh, such famous beer money and TNA? Yes, I, yep, I get to meet him. <laughs> so, well, so I, I, I just had to point that out there. Shameless plug for a wrestling promotion I work for. Very shameless plug. By the way, did you know that at Hy-Vee, you can now get you can now get a Wahlburger? No, nope, what? the guy made by Mark Wahlberg. Whoa! He also sells his he also sells his own uh, his own health line products at High V. Well, that's crazy. Those of you who live in Central America or not Central America, the central part of America, Middle America, Middle America, exactly. So we're talking about some parts of Minnesota, some parts of Iowa, all of North and South Dakota, probably some in Kansas and Wisconsin. I thought you don't like North Dakota. I mean, look, if there's one thing I like about them, they have high V. The fuck's a high V? You take that back. I I can't take it back. I really don't know what it is. It's it's a supermarket basically. It's it's like Walmart. Uh uh high V. Okay. Well, we don't have that here. That's why I don't fucking know what it is. Well, see, that's why you are a bad person. Oh, I'm so sorry. I where I'm geographically located in fucking Western Pennsylvania that we don't have that. I'm so sorry. You know, Eric. How I'm can glad you, you, how can you ever forgive me? You no, know, Eric. It's going to take a long time to forgive you, but I think I will eventually. And I'm glad you do realize your own faults. Okay. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, I'm from a more highly populated area. Your closest neighbor is probably like 10 miles down the road. My closest neighbor is like probably 10 feet away from me. Okay. I live in Sioux Falls. I live in Sioux Falls, not literally everywhere else in South Dakota. I guess Sioux Falls is pretty populated for... Yeah. 
probably a city with ten thousand people. That seems like a lot to you. And we have we have a we have much more than ten thousand people. I'm fucking with you. And we have like hundred seventy k population density joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, so Eric, yeah, anything East, else you'd East like to Coast talk about? over here. Anything else you'd like to talk about in the uh, uh, world UFC? Um, I guess that's pretty much it. Um, from what you told me, it looks like. Uh, around the gist of, I guess, Jake Paul called out an actual boxer. You want to, like, get more into that for me? Oh, yes. So, Jake Paul, you know, he's a bit of a nutcase. I think we can both agree on that, right? He's an asshole. Cocksucker. Yes. Piece of shit. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, he, so, after he, uh, so, in his most recent kind of, like, turnaround after, you know, Tyrone Woodley, too, after he just starched him. So, he, he said, you know what? It would make so much sense for Canelo Alves, you know, the current like a unified, is like middleweight champion, is like welterweight boxing champion. He should definitely come up to cruiserweight and fight me. Who? Now, Eric, what's your thoughts on that? Who made the call out? Jake Paul called out Canelo Alves, you know, who just unified the. Uh, the uh, you, the uh, boxing titles for what the welterweight division. Uh huh. He said he should come up to cruiserweight. You know, like who should come up to cruiserweight? Canelo. Ah, uh, okay. So Jake Paul's a cruiserweight. Yeah, Jake Paul likes to fight at cruiserweight. Why? Is, oh, my bad. Why, why won't he so learn? He why won't he learn how to fucking uh, weight cut? Because, see, Jake Paul would be out of his comfort zone. Oh, uh, uh, okay. So, hey, Canelo, I want you to eat cheeseburgers and come up my weight. I want you to probably, if you were to do this, you'd probably have to vacate all of your titles. You know, that you just won. Come up why would, why would he have to vacate his titles? Because, because if, if you remember the conversation we had last episode... The boxing promoting bodies are assholes. Yes, but I, I don't understand. See, the thing is, like, if you are not willing to defend your titles within a set amount of time, you will be stripped of that title. Okay, so why don't we just defend against Jake Paul? Easy. He can beat his ass. He could. He could. But see, as I reiterate, boxing promotions are assholes. <laughs> Well, they are. I mean, we can all agree that any promoter of, like, let's say professional wrestling, boxing, you know, MMA, you have to be an asshole in some way, you know, like, to yes, but be a promoter, you have to be an asshole, but there's a difference between being this much of an asshole and being that much of an asshole, you know, like, let's also look at it, unnecessary like asshole, and then there's necessary <laughs> asshole. And I think boxing does. I think boxing does too much of the unnecessary asshole. Let's also let's also look at this in a in a Alves' point of view. So he would have to move up a weight division. It wouldn't be for any much more money. It'd have to be. It would have to be somebody who, who by the way, hasn't even had ten fights yet. Wouldn't be for any kind of titles. Also. It'd probably be a significant 
uh, salary cut than to what he would normally get. Jake Paul, I'm just going to say, is probably beneath him. I know he's popular, but let's say Jake Paul wins somehow miraculously. You know, like a lucky okay, punch. See, that's a fight I can believe if he would win that. Okay. All these other fucking fights that happen, like, I, I don't believe it. I think they were rigged. If he would beat Canelo here, I'd be convinced that his last other fights were uh, real, too. See, but the thing is, I just, he, Jake Paul is just so far beneath Canelo in the, in the world of boxing. It's, it would be, it's, it'd be the equivalent of the president of the United States calling out, like, the governor of, the mayor of probably some small town in Rhode Island. Yeah. But you got. I mean, yeah, Jake Paul's a big millions of subscribers of on YouTube. So yeah, but that doesn't necessarily come over to the world of boxing. Well, you're you're getting all that YouTube audience. Yes, you are kind of, but. And if they well, watch all the undercard fights, you might have more fans come from the YouTube world to watch your product. I see. I see. The marketing genius is there. You know, all the kids are on YouTube. We're going to try to get the kids to come watch boxing. I mean, whatever. On paper, on paper it could work. But also, Jake Paul may be tied up with some other stuff going on. What's that? See, he also recently made a call out that he would switch over to MMA if he could fight Habib Nurmagomedov. What? Yeah, he, he said that. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, I, and then Habib promptly sent over a contract saying, "Like, all right, put your money where your mouth is. Sign the dotted line." And then what was it? What silence. happened? Silence. Jake Paul didn't respond. And then in like a post-fight press conference where where Habib was asked about this, Habib said. Well, it was like, okay, well, he wanted to fight you. He's like, well, I'm retired. I'm not going to come out to just to fight this chump and probably crush him in like two minutes. And also, he... Also, oh, he there it is. He's dodging again. Dodging, like usual, his whole career. I mean, why? out of all the people, why would Habib come out of retirement to fight Jake Paul? I don't know. You, you, know, you need some sort of fucking money. Eagle FC ain't making shit. Okay, let's be real. I mean, where the fuck's he getting his money from? Like, how is he still, you know, rich enough to own a goddamn fight org? And I, I, that barely gets any pay-per-view buys. I don't even think he has pay-per-view. So, like, where the fuck... Yeah, no, it's a, it's a free events that airs on, like, if you subscribe to a free website. See? That's what I'm saying. How in the blue... They get, they- is he making any money off them. his fucking fight or he's not from what I, from what I understand, it's kind of like the situation of Bellator. It's like they, uh, they license out the pay-per-views pay-per-views. I say in quotations to, uh, th- to this website, they pay the website pays, uh, Habib and Eagle FC. And then they also make more money from commercials. Also Habib, he's probably living off pretty well on, a. Uh, Probably the ridiculous payouts he would get from from his from the later fights in his career. Okay, yeah, but that that money runs out. So 
Yes, it does. But for you the need time a cash flow. Okay, that, 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 that's how that, that's how businesses work. You need a cash flow. Where the fuck is his cash flow coming from? Is he in the job? See, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, his dad was uh, involved with some pretty crooked people while he was living. I mean, who's yeah. not involved with fucking crooked people that his dad was involved with? And I'm not, and I'm not saying that Eagle FC is going to thrive. It's definitely because it's definitely not doing well at the moment. They're not getting right. a lot of attention, and it does probably do, also doesn't help the fact that if Habib was probably like. Maybe not fighting, but if he was like doing like submission ex like uh, grappling exhibition matches, I bet Eagle FC would be doing pretty okay. But Habib, he is firmly retired, and that's probably probably his his greatest. Uh, I know he made a promise, but he needs to grow some balls and get back into fighting. He's still in the prime of his career. I don't know why no, he'd ever make no, a promise like mother. that in the first place. You know, you need a good cash flow. You were one of the highest paid fighters in the uh, UFC before you retired. You need to get your ass back in there. Quit being such a bitch. See, thing is, too. Habib, I just don't think he wants to fight anymore. Because why would you want to get your brains mashed in, potentially, if you if you don't really want to do it. It's like the same, it was the same thing with GSP. He really doesn't like fighting. I mean, I don't know. Let's go to sports talk. Like, you know, I, I get on Andrew Luck for retiring too early and retiring right in the middle of preseason and quitting on his team. You know, like, fuck that shit, man. You're a bitch. Well, see, Habib, man. he didn't quit on anybody. He didn't quit on his team. He didn't let them down in any way. He's still there to help him. He's still there to coach him. He just did. He just didn't want to fight anymore. It. I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, I don't want to sound like a a dick, but death is inevitable, dude. I'm not gonna let that stop me from doing anything I love, especially if it's. Well, I'm not saying that death was the sole reason he. he it kind of was. Well, if you listen to him talk now. Even if the prospect of GSP came up, he just doesn't, he's just not interested. I mean, how can you really force somebody to fight if their heart is not in it 100%? If they do not want to do it, why? I don't understand how your heart's not in it 100%, dude. If I was fucking 30, you know, oh my God. I mean, I'd be on, I'd feel like I was on. Again, let's, uh, let's take a look at GSP, right? Because GSP, we can probably say one of the greatest of all time. Is that correct? Yes. Only two blemishes in his entire career. And, and they are both, both they both have the same name. Yes. In both of those losses, he eviscerated them in the rematch. And in the case of one of them, I believe it was a Matt. It was Matt. Not Matt, Sarah. The other Matt. Yeah, exactly. Matt's. Uh, Anybody named Matt, I guarantee the beat. Matt Hughes, I think it was. Yes, Matt Hughes and Matt Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking of a. So what you're saying is, well, so what you're saying is, if your name's Matt, you're guaranteed to beat GSP the first time. No, well, maybe, but the point is, after even with only two losses, GSP he left because he just didn't want to do it anymore. He came back for the middleweight title fight because he felt because he thought he had that hunger back. He won, and then. 
that hunger was gone immediately. He just wanted to fight one time. He thought he'd be back longer, but he just didn't want to fight. And yeah, it's disappointing to see people retire when they could do so much more. But if they really don't want to do it, can you? how can you really force them to do it? Uh, I just say pussies. That's all I got to say. There you go. There you go. Yeah, be a fucking man. It's all about being a man. You got to be a man. So we just talked about disappointing Russians, but there is another very disappointing Russian out there in the world of MMA. Ivan Drago. Oh, wait, that's boxing. Uh, Who you got? Yeah. So let's take a look back at Bellator 273. It was Beta versus Valentin Moldovsky. Yes, last last week in last week's episode, we were saying how Valentin Moldovsky, the interim Bellator heavyweight champion, he was going to be fighting Ryan Bader. And what is more interesting about this is that Valentin Moldovsky is Fedor Emelianenko's probably the greatest heavyweight of all time. He is his apprentice, and Fedor was uh, knocked out by Ryan Bader in the finals of the of the Bellator heavyweight Grand Prix that would decide the new heavyweight champion. Ryan Bader knocks him out in about a minute or so. And later, and a few years later, Bader takes on Valentin Moldovsky in the main event of Bellator 273. Moldovsky loses by unanimous decision. 48-47 from all, all three judges. So really just letting Russia down right there. What a bunch of shit. I know, but but some on a lighter note, Benson Henderson, who's been on a kind of a slid ever since he left UFC for Bellator, he recently got a split de- he got the split decision in the co main event against uh Islam Memedov. 29, 28, 28, 29, and 29, 28 on the three judges' scorecards. Nice. Also, also Darren Caldwell got finished in the in the pre in the main event of the prelims against a uh, Enrique Barzola. Totally did not butcher that name at all. Did not at all. Chris Gonzalez also defeated Sadawad by a head kick in 36 uh, six seconds. Sadawad, you. I know. Makes me sad. Makes me sad about that damn award. I know. Henry Corrales uh, defeated Aiden Lee by technical decision. Nice. And by that. Whoa, and, uh, so I, think, whoa, what the fuck is a technical decision? See, this is also something that confused me too. So. So I did a little digging, and I found out what a technical decision was. Please. And that. What's that? I said, please elaborate. So, a technical decision is a term used in boxing or MMA when a fighter has to be stopped because of a headbutt or something like that. Or is like if the fighter would be unable to continue, they would have to uh, they'd have to call the decision right then and there. So they, and usually it would be like so they call a decision movie. right then and there for what? So if the so let's say it's late in the third round, right? Oh my god! It's like the fighters they're going at it when all of a sudden they accidentally 
they accidentally poke the eye. One, one of the fighters accidentally pokes the other's eye and stuff. The fighter can't continue. And it's like, well, there was only, there was only 10 seconds left on the timer. We're going to go to a technical decision. Call it right here and there. Ah, uh, okay. So if the timer is already almost stopped, the referee could just call it zero, zero, zero. Exactly. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you might and, all, and also only the referee on. can make the decision. Only the referee could say who was the winner. Yeah, because they were because uh, they because he's the one who was closest to the action. He'd have to be, and he was the one paying attention to what was going on. Oh, that's where con- that's where some controversy can happen. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there's also some, there's also I can some imagine, you know, as a fighter, like you're down this guy's fucking case, like, bro, I had him. In like this particular instance, it should have been a TKO. You're a fucking asshole. Like during like the in between rounds, and then if a t- yeah, that could- decision ever comes up, he could just say, "Nope, other guy won." Just because you pissed him off. Yeah, that I imagine that wouldn't be. Uh, I imagine there could be some controversy there. So like, because you know they're they're always digging into the ref's ass about, hey, how come I didn't get a fucking TKO? They're dick, you know, or. Uh, or some shit like that. I mean, I've seen it, you know, uh, fighters railing refs for, hey, I should have won there. He didn't call it. Or, hey, how come you let me get my head beat in? You know. But it is what it is there. Um, my opinion on that, I think that's bullshit. I don't know why the judges ain't making a decision. But, eh, whatever. All right. And then... And the uh, first and the opening bout of what was the main card on Bellator 273, it was Saba Hamasi d- defeated Bailey Willis by submission arm triangle choke in about a minute 42 of the first round. That's what's up. That is what is up. But the que- real question is what is down? Hmm. Mm. Uh, probably Jalen Willis is uh, probably ranking. Ew. Yeah. I think the real takeaway to take away from uh, Bellator 273 is so, what is next for Ryan Bader? So this is the takeaway of the takeaway of the takeaway. Exactly. You're, you're getting it. You're getting it. Right. Okay. So Ryan Bader, you know, he's still the, she's still the champ because he's the champ. And if you ever watch Ricky won the parody of Rocky, he said, I can't beat the champ. He's like, why, Ricky? He's like, because he's the champ. He's like, sure you can, right, Ricky? Well, you can't beat the champ because he's the champ. Just the way it is. Yeah. And definitely, Fedor is definitely up for another title shot, if I'm not mistaken. However, Ryan Bader said he is a lot less willing to take that fight on now than before. Why? Because he says that there wouldn't be much to prove. It would be a more there'd be more it would be more of a lose lose situation. Because if Fedor wins, good for him. But Ryan Bader just lost to Fedor Emelianenko on his last fight. And if Bader wins, well, he's just beating up an old man that he already did it before. So, I think, and also there's a lot less... So, in other words, I'm dodging because I'm a bitch. Well, here's also the big reason that he, I think he kind of slipped up here. Because he said that he would do, he'd be more willing to do it for a higher for a higher pay raise. 
So what that so what that tells so I know that fighters they should be always be looking to get more money. I feel that it's not necessarily disrespectful, but I feel it's just leaves a bad taste in my mouth that you would uh, try to you ask for more money that a fight that you should feel very confident in winning. It is all about their pockets in the end, really. Mm-hmm. For everybody, not just Bader. So I would like to see uh, Fedor take on Bader again for the title in Russia. You know, possibly take, possibly take home the title too, on his last fight. Now, would you think Fedor would change his mind if he would become the world champ? Absolutely not. You don't think so? Yeah, he. From what I've heard, he has one fight left on his contract. He just wants to honor that deal, get get his title fight, get the money, and then retire. He's 45, 46 at the time of recording. He's very old. He, his chin is definitely past it. Although he's still very good, still has a lot of good hand power, still is very mobile, He's his chin just isn't there. Also... Also, it probably is not great to be getting knocked out at this point in your life. Well, I mean, we've seen Mirko Krokop uh, literally have a stroke after a fight. Exactly, and he had, his, and then, and that, and that's why he had to retire. Right. So you know, and he was like what forty seven, forty eight. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say your body at some point wants to give up the fighting. Yeah. So I think Fedor realizes that, probably feels that, you know, it'd probably be good to, you know, get this one last fight out of the way. Try to go out on top in your homeland of Russia. Get that good, nice payday. And, you know, solidify yourself as the GOAT. I mean, it'd be awesome. You know, man, I really wish we would have had Fedor in UFC. I do, too, uh, only thing is, UFC, they weren't willing to co-promote because Fedor said, okay, I'll do it if you're willing to co-promote with my promotion. And UFC said no dice. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, UFC's big enough on their own. They don't need to co-promote. Well, see, they don't need to, but it also wouldn't hurt if they did because both parties are benefiting. And I think... If UFC was really about the fan base, they would probably co-promote more often. We see this a lot with, uh, with like Bellator and Ryzen. They co-promote on occasion. Yes, but that's because they're not UFC level. I know UFC. They, but also you got to remember in two thousand nine, UFC was not nearly as big as it is today. No, but they were on the rise. And what I mean by rise, they were on the they were on rise. the rise. Yes, they, they were, were starting the to get into the mainstream. I think ESPN just fucking gave them a deal. No, not. Exactly. So, why not, you know, solidify that by bringing in what many consider the greatest heavyweight of all time and showcasing him in UFC? Yes, you may have to co-promote, but it would only help to benefit the sport of MMA. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like that's a missed opportunity for sure for UFC. I think, I th- I, yeah, it definitely They should have put is. their pride in between their butt cheeks for once. Mm-hmm. 
but it, 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 it is what it is. Yeah, because the fight that would have happened oh, had that shit. happened, it would have been Fedor Emelianenko versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Just imagine that fight. Anyway, I was also going to mention, you know, like, wouldn't it have been cool as fuck in, like, the early 2000s if we got a, a Pride and UFC co-promoted event? We sort of had that happen when they sent over Chuck Liddell to compete in, like, the middleweight... It was, like, the middleweight Grand Prix. And then I think... Either Chuck barely won in the first round and then got crushed by Quentin Jackson in the second, or he just got crushed by Quentin Jackson in the first, and Chuck Liddell lost, and and UFC was kind of had egg on their face, like, well, that was our top guy, and he got crushed in the first round. So they did do that. They did do that, and that's probably the reason why they didn't want to co-promote ever again. I see. Mm-hmm. Zufa fucking uh, sell UFC. Did Zufa sell UFC? Yeah. Uh, let's see, because... But Dana White's still, like, the CEO? Yes, Dana White, he's, like, the figurehead. Zufa LLC, I believe, sold it to... Uh, I don't know what the it is now, but, you know, the, the Fertitas brothers are no longer part of UFC there. I think they do they they have a bunch of other businesses like a casino, for example. Well, of course, they're in Vegas. I know. So, they don't exactly want to uh and they don't not necessarily they don't want to, but they just don't need to be part of MMA at this point, but Dana White, you know, promoting is in his blood, so they and also if Dana White was gone once UFC was sold, I bet there would be a big turnover turnover. Well, not only that, you know, if you don't let Dana White be the the CEO of the company, you know, everyone knows Dana White and it got big under Dana White. Give it to somebody else. Like, that shit could crash and burn. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, dude, Dana's got to be the CEO of UFC until he dies. No doubt in my mind. That's what, that's what has to happen. Okay, and then I was looking up to see uh, that co-promotion thing that went on in the 2000. 2000- Pride Middleweight Grand Prix. So, Fidel, yes. he made it past the first round after he KO'd Alistair Overeem in three minutes. Oh, and then in the second round, Chuck Liddell lost via corner stoppage. Corner stoppage? Yeah, when he was facing Quentin. So what? Chuck's corner said, fuck this shit. Exactly. Getting your ass whooped. <laughs> We gotta prevent you from getting your ass whooped. We got UFC back in the states, bro. And then, and then uh, Quentin Jackson would go on to fight uh, Vanderlei Silva in the finals and would eventually be defeated. That's what's up. That is indeed what is up. All right. So, what is there else to talk about that you would like to talk about, Eric? Well, I guess, uh, who is the real BMF? That is, that's right, folks. We have another debate coming up. Who is the real, the, the who is the actual baddest motherfucker? My because bias Esmer- wants to say Conor McGregor, but unfortunately, with losing his last three of four fights, uh, he would not be the baddest motherfucker. 
I'm going to have to take him out. Uh, I guess if you wanted to know who the real baddest motherfucker is, it would have to be Yuri Prochaska. I think that's how you say his name. His last Yuri Prochaska? Prochaska, yes. Uh, to me, that's yes. the baddest motherfucker at the moment. See that's I I kind of like that I kind of like that take. He is a a brutal brutal fighter. Let's be honest, bad motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. exactly, but see, to be a bad motherfucker in my eyes, you don't necessarily need to be a winner. You just have to be an absolute dog. So, for example, Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz, death by a thousand cuts, kind of attitude. Like uh, you can beat them, but you definitely won't kill them. Type of attitude. Like, they'll go out swinging. Like, we saw Nate Diaz when he he was fighting Leon Edwards. He was losing that entire fight, uh, up in, but he was going out swinging. And he, and he almost won in, like, the last minute, too. But in my eyes, the real ba- baddest motherfucker out there is Joe Lozon. Oh, yeah, Joe Lozon. That's a pretty dark horse pick there for a bad motherfucker. And cool thing about Joe Lozon, because... You, there was also some recent. There recently, UFC announced some fights. For example, Justin Gaethje, he's going to go after the lightweight title against Charles Oliveira at an upcoming pay per view. But the most excited, but the fight that I am most excited for is Joe Lozon versus Donald Cerrone. Two certified G's, bona fide studs, absolute bad motherfuckers out there. Um, is it safe to say that Cerrone's washed up? It is safe to say that Cerrone is washed up. The argument could be said about Donald, about Joe Lozon too. Joe Lozon, he hasn't fought since 2019 after he beat, after he beat his opponents. So he's been on a, quite a hiatus. But if imagine if this fight had taken place seven years ago. Both guys are 37 now. Imagine if this fight had taken place in their mid to late 20s, possibly early 30s. Imagine that fight. Both men, they because Joe Lozon, like Donald Cerrone, he can throw on the feet. He will take a fight to the ground if he if he wants to. He will bleed on you if he has to. Whoa! He'll bleed. He'll bleed into your eyes just to blind you. So you know the Ultimate Fighter that UFC's reality show. Yes. So it was the one where it it was the one that Nate Diaz won. Joe Lozon was also taking place in that. And the re- and the way he got in there is that he beat. Honestly, it was kind of funny too because he beat one of the head coaches. It, it was a, uh, it was BJ Penn and uh, what's his name? It was he was a former UFC lightweight champion. He left the UFC and then he came back. He was washed up. He got knocked out by Joe Lozon. UFC they wanted to shotgun him a contract, shotgun him to the top, but Joe Lozon said, "No, I want to be in the Ultimate Fighter." And it just seemed like it was destined that Nate Diaz and Joe Lozon, they were going to throw down at some point, but it never happened. And that makes me so sad. Yeah, well, we get them there. I don't want to say old, but old. Exactly. Um, Yuri Prohoshka is definitely a bad motherfucker. If I had to pick another bad motherfucker, um, hmm. Of course, to me, this guy's always been a bad motherfucker ever since 2018, Derek Lewis. I don't know if I'd say he's bad, more funny. He's funny, but when he's a fucking, he's in that octagon, watch the fuck out. I know, I know. Knockouts just come out of nowhere. See, for example, see that fight he had with uh, 
uh, what was his name? Alexander Volkov? It, Curtis Blades. And because Curtis Blades, he was, he wasn't beating him necessarily. He was like outpointing Derek Lewis in the first round. In the second round, he goes in for the takedown, and Lewis just hits him right with the uppercut. He's yeah. going for the takedown. Just folded him. Yeah, uh, he definitely is, without a shadow of a doubt, a bad mother. Oh yes. Um, if I had to choose another bad motherfucker. Um, I don't want to say John Jones. I hate him. Well, I mean, he is a bad motherfucker, but not necessarily in the sense of it. He's a bad motherfucker with the law. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, um, he's more. He's he's not bad in the fact you know, that he's I want like to go over the greatest him. rivalries all time in the UFC or in MMA in general. Okay, we have Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz. All right. Probably another one right there, Chuck Liddell. Uh, well, if we're, if we're talking about current bad motherfuckers, right? That's right. That's right. So, so I just, I just want to go over some rivalries real quick. Okay, so we have Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz. We can agree that's a top rivalry of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, another rivalry, you know, Conor McGregor, Habib Nurmagomedov. Even though they only had one fight, uh, the beefs on Twitter, I guess, would count as bouts too. Uh, you know, that, that would be... A, yeah, you, you wish they'd count. Another good rivalry. Um, another... Nate Diaz Conner. Shale Sonnen and Wanderlei Silva. That's I mean, another classic. Yeah, Wanderlei Silva, probably Shale Sonnen and Anderson Silva, too. Um, Brock Lesnar and Randy Couture. I don't know if that was necessarily a rivalry. More, it was Brock Lesnar's okay, rivalry. Okay, sorry. Let me, let, me, let me rephrase that. Brock Lesnar and Frank Mir. I don't see. I don't know if it was necessarily a rivalry in the fact that they were both equals. It was more like the fact that F- Frank Mir was just holding that one mistake Brock made over him the entire time up until the point Brock crushed him in the rematch. And then the best rivalry of all time is John Jones versus the Law. Honestly, I think you're forgetting a very crucial one. What's that? I'm honestly surprised you forgot. Two, I should say. One being kind of John Jones versus the law. Well, one, my personal favorite is the Edgar, is the Frankie Edgar Gray Maynard trilogy. But I think the one you are absolutely forgetting is Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor. That is another good one. I hope we do get another Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor fight uh, in our life. That, would... that does seem like to be the the direction UFC is trying to go at the moment because Conor McGregor, he needs to get some of that shine back, right? And what better way to do it than than capping off a win in the trilogy? Yeah, and going up against the guy who's only famous for bleeding in every fight. <laughs> and also beating Conor McGregor. I mean, let's be one. honest. Okay, fight. the guy... Has a subpar winning record. Uh, he's a mediocre fighter at best. He's pretty good Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I think we can give him credit for that, right? I mean, yeah. But in terms of... Good shin. Good in terms shin. of technique, he has to be one of the worst fucking fighters. That's why his record ain't... As- Absolutely. Um, also, being the brother of Nick Diaz, that's probably also why he's somewhat popular. Well, isn't Nate the more popular one? Uh, Nick Diaz, he... It was at the time Nick Diaz was more popular. 
I think Nate Diaz, after Nick Diaz has kind of, had kind of been retired for a long time, I think Nate Diaz possibly overtook him. But yeah, be, de- definitely early on in his career, it was because he was in fact the brother of Nick Diaz. I see. Kind of like the Lozone brothers. The Lozone brothers? Uh-huh. Uh, honestly, I don't think, because uh, Dan Lozana, I think that's Joe Lozon's younger brother, right? Yes. That's his name? I don't Same, think, yeah. I don't think people necessarily correlate them together. Is more the fact like, a Joe. oh, wow, Joe Lozon, he's pretty good. And they're like, oh, he has a brother who's also pretty decent. Another good brother tandem, I would say, is the East Brothers. I know they never touched the UFC, I don't think, except for Cody. But, you know, Tyler East, I think, is the one who passed away. May God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he died, I I have to say, it's probably warranted that, that he died. Why? Rem- remember I shared that article with you? It was like he was threatening his girlfriend. I forget if he killed her or not, but he got in like a... Sh- it was, he got into like a shootout or something with police and got killed. I believe. I believe Holy that's how. Holy fuck! I totally forgot about that. I think uh, another brother, kind of, uh, kind of the brothers. Okay, okay, the, okay, okay. Maybe brothers. not. God rest his soul. Maybe hey, go fucking burn in hell. <laughs> yeah, there is also the Nogueira brothers, right? Yes. Big no- the Hua brothers. Who? The Hua brothers. There's Shogun Hua, and then there was a. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know Shogun had a brother. Yeah, it's a little less popular, or a lot less popular. Since I was going to say a little. I mean, I never heard of. Them. I think they fought in like a separate weight divisions. But then there's also the Pettis brothers, Anthony Pettis and Sergio Pettis. I did not know that Anthony Pettis had a brother. Cool. Sergio Pettis has been tearing it up. He's actually Bellator's current, I believe, lightweight champion. Just won it too. Was he had a pretty big stint? He had a pretty decent stint in the UFC. He got, I think, at some point he got cut, but he's been flourishing ever since. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about the Nogueira brothers, the three of them, because they got Wait, big nog, little, got little nog, nog, big nog, and medium nog. Remember? No, remember? There's like a. <laughs> Even little nog. I think he's like he's like middleweight or lightweight or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Little nog, big nog, and medium nog. Yeah. So we're kind of a. Remember when we discovered that? In like WMMA was like, well, why is he? Uh, well, why is like light heavyweight nog little nog? <laughs> is uh, other nog fun size? Yeah, fun size nog. There you go. Imagine if they had like a brother in like the flyweight division. Oh, they what would he be? Uh, micro nog. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> I don't know that, but I mean that'd be my guess, right? My junior nog. What's that? Junior nog. Junior nog. Nah, definitely micro. Pro nog. Adam. Uh, Adam nog. Yeah, Adam nog. Yeah. No, not Adam. The the guy in the, your next door neighbor. A T O M. Fuckers. Exactly. Uh, Getting all scientific on you. I know, right? Well, there is the atom weight division, like a couple of divisions over in like Japan, and uh, yeah, they get like some, yeah, they get some women who are like just twigs to and really short to fight. I was gonna say like one punch in the rib cage is like busted, right? I mean, no, just kind of a sick thought. I kind of want to see Francis and Ganu take on an atom weight just to see how that would go. Just like are, one body. Are you? Punch do you want somebody to die? 
Look, I may have some problems. I mean, you are a fucking psycho. Yes, I want to see Francis Ngannou on one punch just disintegrate a human being in half. Yes. Just punch him, just punch him in half. I know. It's like, You're a dick. It's like we got to the coroner's office and she's like, this person somehow had all their ribs broken and was somehow had their spine cut in half. You are a also maniac. Also, all their organs are now pudding. You are a fucking maniac. I like your style. Thank you. Thank you. Your girlfriend also says that. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Anyway. I'm gonna, by he says I have a certain stigma about Okay, me. first of all, are you talking about my girl, girlfriend or my fiance? I mean, you know, I got, I, got, I, got, I got one. So if it's a girlfriend, I don't care. But well, it's Also the fiance. I forgot to throw that in. It was a three-way. Ah, uh, okay. I see. Your fiance says I have a certain stigma about me. I see that. What, your small penis? No, as 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 in stigma, as in stigma dick in her mouth. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. That was a great one. (laughs) 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 I did not expect that at all. To come out of your mouth. Oh, I had that one in the chamber for like a month now or a month or two. Oh, man. <laughs> Is that her laughing in the background? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck. That was a good I did not expect that, man. I see. I've known you for years, man. You're like this wholesome creature I met. Not a bad bone in your soul. All of a sudden, you're like, yeah, there's a stigma. Stigma. <laughs> I will say there are moments where it's just I I just cut loose or something. And for like a brief moment, it's like I'll just hit a deep cut. And then just back to, oh, golly gee willikers, I have to go to church. Dude, I know, man. I just, I've known you for years as this wholesome creature. And just to hear you say that, it just made my day. It really did. That was awesome. Oh, my God. That was that was awesome. Oh God, I I don't even I don't even know how I could take the rest of my day now, man. You know uh, how do we how do we even top that in this episode? I don't I, I don't know. Is there anything else we can fucking? I mean, I guess we could uh, maybe go over a couple upcoming boxing events. Yeah, we, could, we I guess we could do that. You know, limp to the barn with this. Right. Uh, Jesus Christ! I don't even know how I'm gonna recover. Oh, God. Oh, that was uh, that was too fucking funny. I did not expect that. All right. In the world of boxing, according to Box Live, don't have a lot coming up uh, for DAZN. Those dope DAZN folks coming up in about six days on the 12th. We have uh, Jacobs versus Ryder, which is going to be taking place on DAZN, like, as I just said. Both men have pretty solid records. I'm sorry, I don't. I didn't, I didn't hear the service that was going to be on. Can you tell me what was going to be on again? Oh, DAZN. DAZN. Okay, okay, thank you, thank you. If you didn't hear that, oh, guys, I just wanted to make so, sure. Okay, good. And, of course, this website doesn't say uh, their first names or anything like that. Both men in their mid to late 30s. You have uh, Jacobs is a 37 and 3. Riders is 30 and 5. So there's that. 
then coming up on ESPN Plus for US shows, but you have a uh, Sky Sports for the UK show. You have Khan versus Brooke. You're a con, man. Oh, well, you weren't supposed to find out about my Ponzi scheme yet. So, thank you so much for ruining that. That was that. That was a bit. That was quite a lot of time I put into that. You just ruined uh, that. Oh, sorry, man. I ac- I accept your apology. By the way, could I have the last four digits to your credit card and uh, your social security? Just type in chat. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I'll just say it here. It's uh, sixty nine, sixty nine. Okay. Okay. Yep. And then, uh, and then the other one is uh, 420. 420, oh, so 4,200? 420. Yep. Okay. All right, thank you very much. Or 0420, my bad. Could I, could, I, could I also get uh, that in email, too? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And what's your email again? If you want to call me, my number is 1-800-GO-FUCK-YOURSELF. Okay, okay. Gladly, I'll gladly do that. All right. And then, okay, so back to boxing. We got Abdullah versus Linners. Linners is a forty-seven and six. Abdullah is fourteen and one. So clear. Uh, there is a clear experience advantage. Uh huh. Exactly. And then that's so that's taking place February nineteenth. And oh, we have a we have a IBF World Mini Minimum Weight Championship. Oh my goodness! A what championship? A minimum weight. A minimum weight. Also, it's yeah. I'm, I've never even heard about this. So what the fuck a is a minimum weight? Two pounds. I guess yeah, I weigh zero pounds. That just means you're dead. Yes. Yeah, because the the uh, they're not giving them their weights on this. So I'm very curious. So this is, by, by the way, this is come this is today. So you have a Corrado versus Tedron. So nineteen two and two for Corrado, and you got fourteen three and one for Tedron. I see. I am baffled. By what? What is minimum weight? Me too. That's what I want to figure out. What the fuck is a minimum weight? Here, let's let's do a quick Google search. Yes, please do. I'm 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 really really fucking curious right now. Is like that is really mind boggling me at the moment. All right, so it's 105 pounds. <laughs> what? So basically Adam weight, but for boxing. By the way, this is for men, too. This is really, really, I fucking mean, four foot ten? Yeah. You're, you're, Hold on. Are we, I, gonna watch, <laughs> are we gonna watch midgets fight tonight? Maybe. If so, I'm Maybe. in. Let's go. Okay. Hornswoggle versus uh, a... Yeah, name? Horn, uh, it's Hornswoggle and El Torito tonight. <laughs> now, that, Hornswoggle's actually boxing now, by the way. Are you serious? Yes. What, 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 what fucking weight class would he be in? 
Minimum weight, of course. Uh, he's not 100 fucking pounds. Oh, let's see. What would be the one up to we'd that? Have to put, we'd have to put him in the minor league division. You know, the 8 and up division. It was yeah, like the 8 and below division. You know. Yeah, I was going to say, he'd have to fucking fight like... Uh, uh, what's his actual height? Like 310, 311. I don't know. By the way, these guys, they are well over... They are like 5 feet 2 and 5 feet 4, respectively. Okay, do you not realize how massively underweight that is for that height? I can't even fathom it. It's the dude. the The body mass index is like at an eighteen. That is way too fucking skinny. I don't know what to tell you. Like, what one punch and they got a cracked rib? The fight's over. Because they, 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 they have, they literally have no meat protecting their bones. They may die just walking to the ring. Dude, I know. Like, here, man, have a couple fucking cheeseburgers. <laughs> Oh my. Let's, let's get let's at least get you up to a lightweight or something like that. Like my god, like, uh, uh, well, even lightweight's fucking one hundred fifty-five. That's a lot of weight to get fifty fucking pounds. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I don't. Oh, yeah, once while he was boxing, he made his debut April twenty fourth, twenty twenty one, where he was. Shockingly defeated by Jeremy Smith, his opponent. I can't believe he's boxing. <laughs> I know, right? Did he have another fight since then? Uh, not that, not that it says. So he probably learned his lesson. Hopefully. Oh, he's also four foot five. Okay, four five is not terrible. Uh, do you know what weight class it says? Uh, let's see. Because I remember Hornswoggle, he's kind of a doughy guy. Yeah, but he's four or five. Yeah, he might be over 100 pounds. Uh, let's see. I can't find anything. 141 pounds, it says here. Whoa. Although that is, that is his uh, build weight, so I don't know. What the fuck? What the fuck's he gonna do? Punch her dick? <laughs> Even Maybe. Cool. Is he gonna fight Warwick Davis? I mean, he only has two attacks: punch the gut, punch the dick. They're like, there's no other way to go around it. <laughs> Maybe punch the leg too. You know, hyperextend that knee. That's that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I don't understand. And what, what's his opponent's height? Uh, I assume hopefully the same height. I'm I'm just curious about the height difference. All right. Well, let's see. So I'm pulling up the video now. So we're probably gonna edit this out. Wait. No. Oh yeah, they're like the same height. They are there's four four and four five respectively. James oh okay, so thank God it was fucking even. Holy shit! And Hornswoggle weighed in at 158 pounds. Okay, I did not expect the Hornswoggle to get that big. Damn. Not gonna lie, I was hoping Hornswoggle it would be like Hornswoggle versus Mike Tyson or something like that. 
Oh, by the way, and I think um, so. Got any of got any favorite quotes of a fighter? Uh, uh I can look some up real quick. I got some. For, I got some from Mike Tyson that I kind of like. So Mike. So there was one. It was after a fight where Mike Tyson. He said he utters the famous words, "I'm going to use Tildwin." Referring to the fact that he was going to eat his opponent's children. Oh, yes, yes, I love that. Absolutely. There was also the one where it was like, he, I think he got like knocked out and, and and he got knocked out in his fight. And they said, Mike Tyson, what what, what, what went wrong? It's like, oh, in my in my uh, training camp, I, I broke my back. It's like, what? What do you mean you broke your back? Like, like did you break a vertebrae? Spinal. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to give you some of the best Conor McGregor quotes. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. Oh, yeah. This is the big Irish invasion that kind of flopped, that just sizzled out. I don't give a shit what people say. I never did. I never do. I told you before, the fight, I was the shit. And I'm telling you right now, I'm the shit. That was his win over Brandau. And he also said, I own this town. I own Rio de Janeiro. So for him to say that he is the king and I am the joker, if this was a different time, I would invade his favela on horseback and would kill anyone who wasn't fit to work. But we're in a new time, so I'll whoop his ass instead. There's one quote that I really like about Conor McGregor because I believe it was like the post-fight press conference of UFC 205 after Conor won both belts. And he and a reporter asked, like, uh, oh, who are you going to fight next? And which division is going to be? And Jeremy Stevens pipes and says, oh, he's going to fight me. When he hits somebody, they it's like when they when he hits somebody, they go to sleep. When I when I hit somebody, they they die something like that. He's oh, like, yeah. Who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> you know exactly who I am. No, I do not. <laughs> You know exactly who I am. No, I, I think do I not. think that killed Jeremy Stevens' career. It definitely didn't help because Jeremy Stevens, after that, went on kind of a skid. Yeah, I was gonna say that that, that, that killed his career. That killed his whole popularity. As soon as he said, <laughs> you know, a few years later, uh, kind of UFC, their YouTube channel, they're having kind of react to like some of the like a uh, famous like trash talking moments. And then he was, I think it was like leading up to uh, his fight with either Cerrone or uh, the second one with uh, a Poirier where he was like weirdly nice. And he says, and he went, and he's basically said that, oh yeah, um, oh yeah, so Stevens is like, oh yeah, I love that guy. I hope he's doing good. <laughs> it's like, I, I, of course I know who he is now. <laughs> I was like, that's not help, that's not going to help him now. <laughs> Here's some more good Conor McGregor quotes. When you sign to fight me, it's a celebration. You ring back home, you ring your wife. Baby, we've done it. We're rich, baby. Conor McGregor made us rich. Break out the red panties. <laughs> There's one quote, and you're, you might hate me for this, but Habib Nurmagomedov had a pretty good quote. And this is back when he was like, before he had his beef with Connor. This is back when he was like going on his one man war against Brazilian jiu jitsu and saying how, like, you know, helping to establish how Sambo is just amazing. And he said on a t shirt and in, and in words, he said, if Sambo was easy, it'd be called Brazilian jiu jitsu. 
I see. He said this in Brazil, by the way. Did he? And he also said this after, before beating the life out of a Brazilian fighter. I see. And now I understand there's probably a bunch of other kind of quotes I, I'd love to hear. Do you have any more? Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of them up here right now. Just please show up December 12th. I don't want to scare him anymore. He's petrified. He went running before, so I'm going to take the opposite approach. Cuddle him. Look after him. Whisper sweet nothings. Tell him it's going to be all right. It'll be over quick. This was uh, at the same September 2015 conference. Above and wanting to state that he'd be willing to do anything to make sure that Aldo would make it to UFC 94. 194. And of course, the good old famous who the fuck is that guy? And we also have this quote I run this whole thing. I run New York. I run this whole ship. Without me, none of this happens. I run this whole shit. Uh, everyone in this game does what they're fucking told except for me, and rightly fucking so. End quote. Same press conference above, which is, I believe, the one in 2015. Uh, McGregor speaks about being in a position that most fighters would dream of being in. And here's another quote. Quote, and I'd just like to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize. To absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the fuck he wants. <laughs> That is one of my favorite quotes by uh, Connor, for sure. What do you think? I Yeah, I do like that one. There was one quote that it was Connor said it was like, that was not necessarily weird, but the situation he said it afterwards was weird. It was after this decision win with Nate Diaz. Oh, by the way, it was razor thin, too. Like, I think like we were watching that, and you said, oh, yeah, Nate Diaz probably could have won that. And then right after, like, Connor, he was looking really nervous at the judges. The first one goes to a draw, then Connor wins, gets the other two judges somehow. And he goes, surprise, surprise, motherfuckers, the king is back. I was like, ah, you were looking worried. <laughs> but I think the end-all, be-all quotes of just disrespect. George, it was George St. Pierre's response to Matt Hughes. He says, I was not very impressed by your performance. Wow, what a what a trash talk right there! I know, I know, just destroyed him. I mean, uh, I mean that cool. is that is definitely number one all time. You know, I know, I know, right? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here's one of my favorite quotes. This is one against Floyd Mayweather in the press conference in uh, Toronto. He said, "How do I look? What the fuck is he wearing? He looks like a little break dancer or something." A little 12-year-old breakdancer. Fuck. What the fuck? He's 40. You're 40 years of age. Dress your fucking age. Carrying a school bag on stage. What are you doing with a school bag on stage? You can't even read. 40 years old carrying a school bag. The man doesn't even fucking read. <laughs> Dude, he well, he, certainly read, he, he certainly owned Floyd Mayweather so bad on that. Because oh, he does dress like he's a fucking teenager. He does. Did you see the, the did you see his dress up when he was like gonna fight Logan Paul? No, what? It just looked like a horrible tracksuit and then he got and then Jake Paul stole his hat and then Floyd done. Mayweather. Remember we were talking about this and it was like how Floyd Mayweather decked Jake Paul or something? 
Jake oh yeah, Paul no. So Floyd Mayweather decked Jake Paul. Actually knocked him out. I think that was like that, that would have been his first knockout in like what nine years or something, ten years. Did he knock? Did he knock out Jake Paul? Because I thought it was. Yeah, like, he did. And what happened was he he clinched him, right? He clinched him, hugged him, and made sure he like he recovered on his feet. So then no, 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 no. This was the this was the this was like leading up to Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. Because Logan Paul's the one who fought Floyd. Oh, sorry. Okay, so about Logan Paul. Um, yeah, I noticed he knocked out Logan Paul and he, like, held him up. You know, you, you can see it. It's on fucking video. But, like, the press conferences leading up to that fight, which Logan Paul apparently was never paid for, you know, just goes to show you the outstanding human being Floyd Mayweather is, not paying his fighters. He, so It's not like he doesn't have the money. Yeah, it's not like that. So Jake, so Jake Paul, you know, trying to get some of this clout of like, oh, my big brother's going to be fighting Floyd Mayweather. I'm going to steal his hat. He gets punched. He runs away, and security swarms Floyd. <laughs> and one more, because Conor McGregor is one of the best human beings of all time. He says, "Quote: Me and Jesus are cool. I'm cool with all the gods. Gods recognize gods." End quote. What do you think of that one? That's not blasphemous at all. Not. UFC 196 is scheduled to be McGregor moving up to lightweight to challenge Dos Anjos in March 2016. McGregor, who showed late, of course, as he was known for that about seven years ago, um, or six years ago, delivered one newsworthy headline after another, highlighted by the one above. The fight never ended up happening because Dos Anjos was a pussy, suffering an injury and being forced to withdraw. And, of course, because of that, Nate Diaz stepped up. So, maybe... And then, and then probably being gave us by way of submission in the first round. Yes. So maybe he should have. But those are Conor McGregor's 10 most outrageous quotes by Day's Own News. So. You know what would be... You know... What was it? I love how, like you say, people are pussies if they get injured. I know there's was some points where it was like, uh, oh... Oh, I definitely can't beat this guy. I'm going to feign an injury. But if somebody, like, died in a car accident, you'd say they were a bitch for not showing yeah. up. Yeah, how dare you not fucking get out of your casket right now? <laughs> I'm just Nah. That would be pretty sick, though. It's like uh, the casket gets wheeled down to the octagon or something like that. It's like, here lies... First of uh, all, that, that can only happen if Undertaker is the guy fighting you. I know. Imagine. Imagine. So it's like Undertaker, he's like... For some reason, he gets into the world of MMA or something... But then news breaks like a week before. Is like Undertaker died of a heart attack, but he wants his his casket to be shown at at Octagon side so people can see. So he'll have his fight and he'll have the fighter like in the Octagon, like say some words of respect. Then the, the fighter he goes off he goes off the rails. He's like, "What a bitch! He can't fight me." Dumb. Undertaker sits up. It was it was a, it was a it was a plan. He was always gonna fight. He tricked him. He rises from the casket. He gets in the octagon and probably gets probably knocked out because he's like fifty five years old. Or maybe the opposite. Out of nowhere, he knocks the fucker out. He, no, he choke slams him. Then gives him a tombstone. Wouldn't that be something if UFC did that? Like, hey, we're going to sign Undertaker to, like, a two-fight deal. First fight, he doesn't die. And then all of a sudden, hey, he dies. It's like, yeah, everyone actually reports that, like, Undertaker really died. So he'd have to, like, hide in his house. Forge a death certificate. For, yep, forge a death certificate. Oh, my God. Like, 
Michelle McCool some acting classes, you know, to cry and stuff like, oh, he was such a loving husband. Oh. You know. But see, then <laughs> again, you know, then again, you can you, can you can really see the assholes. Yeah, yeah. So Michelle McCool would be like the only one allowed to go out, so she'd have to like run out and get groceries for him and shit just to survive <laughs> until that night. And only very few people within the UFC organization would know. Yeah, yeah it would be like Dana White. It'd be like only Dana White, and he's he's the only and a couple okay assistants, with. maybe. Yeah, a couple of assistants, you know, but the, only the ones that have like tight lips, so they don't like leak the information to Ariel Hawani. Yeah, if, if they do leak it, they're gonna get fucking executed. <laughs> yeah, just take him back, just take him to like the basement of like the uh, arena and shot or something. It's like their birth certificate, their entire existence is just wiped off the face of the earth then. It's like they never existed. Yep, exactly. They, they, a fucking black van just pulls up, kidnaps you, never seen again. It's like, yep. Apparently all your birth certificates, your driver's license, any knowledge of you just went out the window too. Yep. But uh, anything else would you like to talk about? I mean, we're, we're about an, oh, a little over an hour in. I think it's safe to say we could end it here. You know what? I think it is safe to say that we can end it here. Folks, it has been a pleasure to do this podcast once again with my co-host, Eric Johnson. Of course. Well, actually, I use my real name on here. Oh, you do? Yes. But that that's okay. That's okay. Eric Johnson's my referee name and the name I use on the Berg Wrestling. See, I call you Johnson because you're a dick. I know. I have a, I have a big Johnson, too. Anyway. That's a lie. I've seen it. It's not that impressive. You did not see it. The fuck out of here. Well, well, your girlfriend told me, or I'm, I'm sorry, your girlfriend and your fiance told me about it. Uh, yeah. See, you always gotta have the side hoe, but you have to have a good side hoe. You don't want the side hoe to snitch on you one day, you know. So you have to. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. But regardless, guys, peace out. Um, take your wife out. Take your girlfriend out. Hell, take them both out. See you next time.